All right, everybody, welcome into the Fit Dimension podcast with me, Evan McDermott. Now, this episode was actually an Instagram live that I took and I'm using as an episode because I really loved this. I kind of had a feeling that it might turn into almost like a podcast type of monologue just based on the topic. Um, And it really does go hand in hand with the previous episode that I did on uh, titled Scripted Minds. Uh, You certainly don't need to listen to it in order to take something from this episode. Um, But I really wanted to focus on that idea of finding gratitude amongst our suffering and really love amongst our pain, embracing the fires that may be present uh, and exploring this deeper truth uh, that we know in our hearts to be a reality. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this monologue. There was a lot that I had to say in it. I go deep into my own healing journey, just what it means to heal in general, going from uh, healing to healed, if that's possible. Um, there's just really a lot here. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. I really do appreciate uh, the people who tune in, especially, you know, coming off a couple months layoff where I really wasn't able to express myself creatively for a certain time period. Those who tune in right back in, uh, I got a lot of love for that. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, what you guys do, I, I don't think I always acknowledge truly uh, how, what a, what a gift it is to be able to put things up on this platform and have people tune in and listen. I think that's something we all really uh, crave in life is, is to people to see us for who we are. And this is definitely a space where I can be myself and express myself. And so many of, well, oftentimes, you know, you look at downloads, it's just a number, but that's as people, you know, there's something really beautiful in that. So I want to thank you truly for tuning in, sending you a lot of love and appreciation for your presence. And um, if you're a fan of the show, you can head on over to Substack as well, McDermott.substack.com. Highly encourage you guys to subscribe if you haven't already done so. A lot of great creativity over there. Um, if you want to catch Instagram lives like this one, you know, follow me on Instagram at Evan McDermott. I'm not sure I show up in the algorithm or not, but it's all, it's in the episode show notes as well as the sub stack. So you can just head over there and uh, for sure, check out, uh, I got tarot readings by donation. If you feel called to work with me in that space, uh, what it means is, you know, I'm not going to charge you anything for a tarot reading. You show up, you can determine what it's worth. And if you want, you can send me something for it. And if not, they don't have to, it doesn't matter. I'm there to give you the, uh, the reading and you know give you what the cards have to say if you feel called to step into tarot well here's your opportunity um i got some space for that just head to the calendly that's in my uh episode show notes and uh you know i'll see you there but um yeah without further ado let's jump into this monologue podcast and i think this is a really important topic finding gratitude within our suffering and how we move forward How we move forward in this time period is there's a lot to that question. How we move forward. Uh, Sending y'all lots of love and I hope you have a wonderful day. What is the truth in the stories we are told? We've been given a story of a world fueled by separation. 
become separate from one another, separate from the earth, ultimately separate from the true nature of ourselves. It's time we learn the truth. It's time you rewrite your story. It's time to realign with who it is that you really are. This is the fifth dimension. You are infinite and eternal. We are infinite and eternal. Our natural essence, we could say, is, is simply being. We have this awakening coming together as a perfect storm. We're ready for this. We have the capacity inside. We just got to find that. All right. What's good? What's good, Instagram? What's good? This might be up on a podcast as well. So if you're tuning in as Fifth Dimension, that's cool too. You know, it's a Friday night at 9 p.m. Mountain Time here. So uh, I don't necessarily expect too many viewers. Ryan, what's up, dude? Thanks for tuning in. Um, I don't necessarily expect too many viewers, as I was just saying. It's Friday night, 9 o'clock Mountain Time. Um, But I just, I feel called to really explore. What's good, my dude? It's been a long, long, long time. I hope you're killing it, dude. Um, I feel like exploring this idea of gratitude within suffering, you know, because I've been on my own journey, my own path these last couple of years, kind of going all over the place, traveling all over, you know, really looking for a space to like settle in and be able to express myself and find community. And what's interesting is I've always had that. There are places where that exists. But I really feel called to almost take this adventurous path and uh, explore. But with it, you know, you can you can post all you want about the beauties of travel and nature and feeling this deep connection, which which I do. There's been a lot of beauty. There's been a lot of highs uh, that I've been able to experience. I feel like I've lived quite a bit. Um, but, you know, at the same time, on that opposite spectrum, you have those bouts of immense suffering and getting in your own way. And where, you, where things can be truly, truly difficult, right? And there isn't always a clear path out of that darkness, out of that suffering. You know, I'm coming off a time period. What's up, Ali? How are you doing well? I'm coming off a, a time period right now where the last couple months, and I kind of talk about this a little bit. I just put out a podcast, um, the first one I'd done in a couple months, but I had been in a a space where there was relentless suffering, you know, relentless. What's up, Kyle? Oh, I hope you're doing well. We got multiple original, like, homies, like, soul brothers type of people. Um, great to have you guys in here. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, but I've been in a period where there's been this almost immense suffering and really forced stepping into the flames baptism by fire i kind of say that jokingly uh quite regularly i say that jokingly quite regularly yeah i love baptism by fire um but i really do it i really i I don't know and you almost have to wonder how much suffering in life how much of it is our us being used to it and us creating scenarios where we can repeat suffering where we can Uh, learn through it as a teacher, right? Because there's so much to learn when we actually uh, 
accept its presence and accept the fact that life isn't always going to be so positive and rainbows and butterflies and all of these different things, right? Um, when we can actually learn to hold self-acceptance for that and the fact that things are not always uh, so great or they're not always so bright. Um, and I've definitely had to learn how to be more transparent and open and vulnerable with that. I don't know. I'm somebody who's very, very uh, comfortable in solitude, but that means I'm also very, very comfortable uh, handling my own suffering, if you will, not feeling the need to express it. So, and I, I think that's something uh, when you do get comfortable in your own solitude and when you do learn practices such as meditation, uh, you, you tend to really not be a, you don't feel the need to express it, right? Because you're comfortable with yourself enough to understand that it's there. Um, but it, it's quite interesting because I look at suffering itself and it's like, can we, can we find gratitude for it? Can we embrace the fact that it's going to be there in moments? And, you know, I asked on an Instagram poll, Fairly recently, it was this idea of, I don't remember exactly how I phrased it, but it was this idea that, do you ever go from healing into healed? And I'm not sure, I'm not sure you ever do. I think there's levels that we can reach where uh, we have put in healing work. We have looked at our own shadow. We look at what it is that's come up in our own lives. And I think we can definitely find levels of acceptance and find levels of peace and let go of things or surrender into things and really acknowledge and, and find a sense of healing, right? I think that's, that's there. But in the same breath, um, I think we're always going to need to be in the mindset that healing is still necessary, right? The second we think we're healed is the second that we're choosing to potentially ignore a blind spot or potentially uh, really disengage with our shadow and the subconscious. I mean, the subconscious mind is, it <laughs> operates 90% of our behavior. So if we t if we choose to really neglect what's happening on the subconscious level well then quite obviously we're going to be driven by the shadow and we're going to be driven by areas that uh, we don't necessarily want to look at i think there's always healing work to do learning how to be peaceful in the storms absolutely and you know you could really um, i think the weather i mean it's almost kind of a cliche analogy to talk about storms and the seasons like we change as the seasons do um, but I think it's used as a, an analogy for that reason because we, re, we are going to have those storms we are going to have those periods where uh, life is life is it's a it's a terrifying storm right and some storms are more deadly than others some are more powerful and some of them are beautiful right I mean there's something, when I was growing up as a kid, we had this beautiful back porch that I could sit on, and I was screened in, but I, you kind of felt like you were outside, and so, you know, I would go out there, and I'd watch lightning storms, much to the dismay of my father, he would be a bit worried, come inside, um, 
Brett, what's happening? Hello, Truce, my brother. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, let's connect and maybe do another podcast or something. I've been deep into the music game. Um, shout out to Hollow Truce. Everybody in here should check them out. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I used to always watch those storms and it was so, there was something so intriguing about almost the the danger of the storm. There is a true like mystical element of it. And it's, of course, after the storm, you always have the beauty that's present when the sun reemerges or the rainbow up in the sky, you know, and I think there's something deeply spiritually symbolic about that in our own transformation process, you know, thinking about that. I haven't thought about that in years, you know, it brings a smile to my face. Um, yeah. So I, I think if we can really learn, you know, not just how to weather the storms, but under storms, what the, or not just how to weather the storm, but understand what the storm represents and why it's present. You know, I don't think we're always going to have that rational why. You know, I think it's unrealistic to expect to always be able, to always be, you know, expect to rationalize our healing process. Um, so many people walking around with so many wounds that are unhealed. They're walking around. Yeah, no, exactly. There's a war within ourselves. I've often said, um, you know, the wars that I see in the external world, they're really no different than the wars that I see in my own heart. The internal is always mirroring the external, you know, so if... And I, I think that allows us to hold a deeper space of compassion and actually open ourselves up to one another and recognize that when somebody somebody metaphorically swings at us, right, um, it's not really about us most of the time. It's not. It's not. We can't take personally uh, those types of scenarios. I mean, we can. There's certain instances. <laughs> there's. We do it. We tend to do it anyways. Um, but there's always something deeper underneath the surface. And, you know, I think we need to acknowledge and continue the to I'd say continue to acknowledge the wounds that are present within ourselves because we can recognize um, when somebody else's wounds are present, when we recognize uh, that there is pain that's a chance for us to open our hearts. That's a chance for us to embrace our own wounds. The fact that we can see those wounds in others, you know, there's a deep, deep um, knowing that that same type of wound is present within ourselves, right? What does it mean to be compassionate? If you break up the word calm to be with, passion means suffering, right? Your passion, you got to suffer for it. So, to be compassionate you have to be willing to be with suffering and that doesn't mean just acknowledging suffering that actually means feeling the suffering and really stepping into it with your heart open and allowing uh, the lessons in that it can bring you know I think suffering can be our greatest teacher but we're so afraid of it and you know what's going on Gabby I hope you're doing well all the homies here today. Amazing. Um, but I, I think when you can really be with suffering, when you can be compassionate, that's where true healing begins. When you can be of service, 
and you know that's why it's such a uh you know sometimes when you're in that, those modes where those storms come in and you find yourself immersed within the darkness right you're in the belly of the beast of your own mind there you're dealing directly with the wound the fractured heart and the, you're you're raging the war within oneself right um you know those are the moments that we need to be most vulnerable. Those are the moments we need to be transparent and actually open up about that, right? And it's so difficult, especially like I said earlier, if you engage in meditative practices, you're really comfortable going inward. Uh, you're not going to want to. You, you know, you tend to view it a, as a burden to suffer, you know, and... I think we get so used to enduring life that we forget to embrace it. And it's a very, very powerful shift when you decide, I no longer want to endure life. I want to live life. I want to embrace life. I want to be in a magical dance with life itself. And, you know, life is the beloved, right? Can can you, can we... Can you truly rationalize that? I mean, in a sense, yes. It's a very, very, um, I would say poetic almost mission you have to undertake to enter into this synchronistic intertwining with something that's far greater than the individual self. It's falling in love, but what is love here? what would love do it's about continually asking that question what would love do now which i reference often and recognizing that love is not always rainbow butterflies it's boundaries it's necessary confrontation or conversation um, it is truth it is honesty it is faith love is something greater than can be rationalized you can't fully rationalize something that's unconditional because then you're placing conditions on it so you know i think we have to really uh, attempt to i don't want to say verbalize or rationalize because that kind of contradicts what i'm just saying but we have to attempt to express it and we have to attempt to recognize it and hold awareness of it and feel it within ourselves and most importantly seek seek it out in those moments of suffering and hardship and really committing committing to love even when we don't understand why it may bring us into suffering you know if you're open you open up your heart and all of a sudden that leads to the crumbling of a relationship or a deterioration of some sort of uh, something that was previously comfortable in the foundation of who we were well yeah it's gonna be really hard to trust love after that if you went in with love and it led to something that was so heartaching um, but the thing about that is love is removing or uh, getting rid of those things that are no longer in alignment with us, that are no longer in alignment with the heart, being unafraid of what others think, because that sometimes can be our biggest downfall, being your authentic self. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think we have to ask the question, what does it mean to be oneself? 
you know, I think we often, especially when we're in the moments of suffering and we're not uh, fully feeling full of grace and light, you know, we tend to feel constricted, you know, something that I would always blame the winter on. I don't know if it's winter, but you have that idea of the cold, you feel constricted, constrained. Like when I get cold, what do you do? What am I going to do? I'm going to bundle up. I'm going to like preserve my energy. I'm going to preserve my warmth. So, but that can lead to like a, a feeling of constraint and constriction. And we're not fully able to express ourselves and be ourselves, right? Um, so, you know, what is the authentic self? It's really generating that warmth, that flame within and not relying upon the external world to provide the conditions for us to express to express ourselves, but us creating the conditions to express ourselves. Nothing is ever going to be truly perfect about what we're going through or the life we're living or our scenario. There's always going to be challenge. There's always going to be hardship. There's always going to be ways in which we wish things could improve. Um, but it's up to us to create that path and to create the resonance and the beauty and ultimately, I'd say the sacredness that we're searching for, you know, I think a lot of people and, you know, myself included at times, you know, we lose connection to that deeper sense of meaning. You know, if you look at the root of the etymology of what meaning is, for the longest time, the meaning was uh, part of our perception. You know, we think about the five senses. Meaning itself is a sensory perception that goes beyond uh, the five senses and it's more in the spiritual realm. It's the driving force of the why behind our actions. And so if we lose connection to that why, to that meaning, it's going to create hardship. It's going to create suffering and uh, unnecessary hardship and unnecessary suffering, right? And we have to really ask ourselves, okay, why is this taking place? Why? Why am I suffering? Has in, in really looking at it all and being radically honest with ourselves about what the answer might be. Because we often are the only ones getting in our own way. We often are the only ones closing up our hearts. We are the, we are the ones who choose not to extend a helping hand uh, in many scenarios, right? We need to recognize where our own perceived shortcomings are. And I don't even necessarily think they're shortcomings. They're just opportunities to challenge ourselves and expand ourselves. You know, we have to believe life is happening for us. And that includes all of those things that, you know, have led to immense suffering, have led to the hardship. You know, like I said, I my the last what is it february february 17th the last few months for me there's been so much of me stepping in my own way or me not listening to my heart and and, and going into certain scenarios and but I, you know it was necessary in the same sense because I, i've come away with this greater understanding on the direction that i want to go and what it is that i'm capable of and I'm starting to see the beauty in all of my perceived shortcomings and all of my perceived faults. You know, I'm not going to be perfect. And that in itself is perfect. 
So it's a we really have to embrace the paradoxical nature of of reality. Uh, the fact that nothing is ever going to truly make sense. Like we're we're never going to have it fully uh, figured out because there's always new mystery to explore. There's always something that we can continue to unpack. There's always things we can continue to expand our awareness within. And I think that's the game in itself. You know, uh, so often we hear about things like escaping the matrix and uh, all of these, all of these spiritual and new age ideas. And I, you know, I think there's validity in them. I'm not trying to downplay anything. You know, I play in those terms and swim in those waters, certainly. Um, But I think what it really means uh, is just to embrace what this all is. And what this all is, we can't necessarily rationalize, but it's something far greater than what we're told it is. Um, and we can feel a deeper connection when we find those moments of grace, when we find those moments of beauty, when we can take a look around despite the suffering that may be dominating our five sensory perception and we can still feel the beauty and we can still smile and we can still hold connection you know i don't like the necessarily the idea of somebody always has it worse or looking at things in like hierarchy but i remember a couple weeks ago i had this interaction with somebody who was um I would view as a friend now just because of the the rawness and the vulnerability of the conversation that took place Um, there was this there was this woman on the beach who was coming off of likely I believe it was meth and homeless very very sad situation but she came and sat down next to me and needed like needed clothes so i gave her some clothes needed food water we were just sitting there chatting but i ended up chatting her for four hours and she told me about the suffering in her life and the you know she's lost children and been through immense heartache and you know to sit there and listen to and hold space for that to be with suffering attempt to be compassionate calm to be with passion suffering um, it was really a reality check for me in a sense where, wow, this person is somebody who is still just in life, experiencing life. They're here and they've gone through all this and here they are and we're able to share this moment despite our pers- way different backgrounds, despite what I viewed as my own suffering as uh, priority. Like there's, there's always, it goes to show you there's always more going on there's always going to be people with their own suffering. And it's, can we make the space for one another? Can we choose to see the light in one another, despite what the external circumstances uh, may be presented as? You know, that's somebody that I talk to who most people probably would never interact with. And, you know, I don't say that from a place of, Oh, look at me, I, I interacted with this person, and that's not what I mean. What I'm saying is there's, even in, let's say, that person on the street corner, can you look them in the eye and see yourself? And I didn't think I could prior to that interaction, but there was something deeply empowering about 
learning about somebody like that. And to extend love to a person like that who is in, so deep in their suffering and most people choose to ignore it. And, you know, I think to the degree in which we ignore the suffering around us, we're going to ignore the suffering within ourselves. And we're going to choose to look the other way. We're going to choose to run. And, you know, for myself, I'm tired of running from myself. I've run from myself so often in life. And I think we all do in our own specific ways, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. It's part of learning uh, self-acceptance, which is not something that we're taught in our education systems. Uh, most of our, a lot of our parents don't have that self-acceptance within themselves. They're not able to extend and, you know, truly, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm generally speaking here because um, there are a lot of great people and parents and extending and starting to really pass on these beautiful traits that I'm sort of talking about. But for so many of us, we didn't have that nurturing uh, to really develop spiritually in a, as children often, right? And really develop a sense of self-worth and value. And so I think to the degree in which we accept the reality of life is going to be the to the degree in which we accept the reality for ourselves and the degree which we fear life the degree which we fear ourselves right so how honest are we willing to be with ourselves how how much are we willing to trust in the path of our own heart even if it means embracing the suffering that might come from that initially um, can we commit to that path radically can we commit to uh, truth can we commit to honesty can we commit to love can we commit to extending a helping hand helping one another and choosing to give where possible can we admit to our own short perceived shortcomings admit when we get in our own way you know I think we got to start asking ourselves all these questions and really exploring it and um you know, just embracing the fact that there isn't always more on the other side, in a sense. The grass isn't always greener, as they say. Um, there's a level of gratitude we can hold for the work that we've done, who we are, what we have in our lives. And oftentimes it's that desire to think that we're somehow not on the right path or we need to keep going and do this and do that and, you know, should have done this, should have done that. All these ideas, you know, we're, we're perpetuating our own suffering. We're perpetuating uh, low value, low self-worth. And I don't believe we need to do that anymore. I really think the new paradigm shift is one, you know, it's one in which... We know who we are and we embrace who we are. And so our actions are fueled by that knowing. It's as simple as that. You know, it's not about a change of political systems. Like we shouldn't be focusing on these. Um, I'm not going to say we shouldn't be focusing on the large scale macro because I think that that's a way to almost avoid the large scale. But what I'm going to say is that our priority first needs to be our own individual healing work. And to take care of our own needs and meet them 
and honor them and be honest with ourselves about what we do need and in the ways in which we don't value ourselves. I think we really need to take a hard look in the mirror. You know, when you look in that mirror, are you deceived? Are your eyes keeping you deceived from seeing the truth? Or can you look into your own eyes and see the truth? I think it's a very valid question. Hello, Jenny. Hope you're doing well. I think it's a very valid question to to explore what is the truth within oneself. If we if we're looking at ourselves, is there judgment? Are we perpetuating a story, blinding ourselves to the reality? And like I said, to the degree in which we lie to ourselves about ourselves, about where we're at, about what we want, about the direction we're moving in, uh, that's going to be the degree that we cast that same judgment upon the external world. Your internal is always going to mirror the external. Always. You know, what you refuse to meet inside of yourself, as Carl Jung talked about, uh, with the subconscious mind, you're going to keep meeting it outside is going to keep being reflected back to you because it's all a mirror. It's all a divine mirror. And to the degree in which we can find acceptance for that process is the degree in which we're going to find acceptance for ourselves. And I don't think we're ever going to be, you know, like I talked a little bit about earlier, I don't think we're ever going to be at the point where we can say, I am 100% healed, there is nothing left to do. Because then what, what is the point? What is the purpose like if I'm complete, then what else do I get? What else do I got to do? You know why? So striving for completion, striving for perfection is admirable, but it can't be uh, how you judge yourself and how you ultimately um, ultimately determine your own self worth. It can't be. It can't be. Because then you're forever going to view yourself as coming up short. You're forever going to think that somehow you're unworthy uh, when the reality of the fact is you're worthy simply because you are being. And there is purpose in you being. There is meaning. It is part of your sensory perceptions. You are meant to be here. And you are meant to experience uh, this human experience. And there is a divine purpose, a karmic mission, something or someone, whatever it may be, that you came here for. And it's really our own fear, our own judgments, our own inability to surrender to that process that gets in our own way and prevents us from uh, accepting who we are and looking at every aspect of ourselves. You know, can we choose self-love? Can we choose to look at the messy, the ugly, whatever it may be, where we hold the most shame uh, and ag first acknowledge it. You know what I mean? First acknowledge that it's even there. I think a lot of our shame, a lot of the areas that are the shadow, we refuse to even acknowledge its presence. And that's why it remains in the shadow. We don't, we don't, we, we don't bring it into the conscious mind. And a lot of that, it tends to be a survival strategy. Our brain does that as a way for us to process and move on in certain cases. But we don't ever truly f move on if it's living in the subconscious mind. Um, 
So we really do need to make that subconscious conscious or it's going to keep driving our actions and we're going to call it fate. That's what Carl Jung stated. And it's the truth. And, you know, I've definitely in the last few months as part of part of my own suffering and, and look in the uh, turmoil, chaos that I've been uh, sometimes, you know, I feel like I've been engulfed by at points. Um, a lot of that has just simply been me making the unconscious conscious and recognizing what was already there and driving certain actions and driving certain behaviors and characteristics or tendencies. Um, but when you bring that unconscious to the conscious, uh, it can often feel as if you are re-experiencing, maybe it's a trauma, um, or you are you have to go through it again but it, it's kind of because you do you have to actually unpack and, and choose to let go of that energy I don't think it's always necessary to fully to like need to rationalize it to the perfect extent because again you can't look at this as a destination I need to be healed from X trauma from Y Z all these things uh, you can make a bullet point list of all these traumas. I need to heal from all these traumas. That's not necessarily how it's going to operate. You simply need to acknowledge the presence of it. You need to acknowledge where it's driving certain behaviors and then strive to be more conscious in your decision making and strive uh, to engage in this healing and open your heart and recognize that your traumas and your experiences and these uh, these feelings, these ideas, none of that is actually who we are. We need to really shift the self-identification with all of these things. Because uh, a lot of people will identify with their suffering. They'll identify with the trauma. And I'm certainly guilty of that in, in a lot of ways. You know, I, I think it's comfortable. It's safe to do so. We do it as a survival strategy and as a way to continue to operate, you know. Uh, really, why is our brain reminding us of this trauma? Uh, it's because we were hurt and it doesn't want us to get hurt again. <laughs> you know, it's really as simple as that. So we develop these tendencies as a way to cope with that. But we almost have to speak directly to the energy. We have to speak within ourselves and align around this idea and this vision. Uh, this no longer serves me. This no longer serves me. Let me let it go. It's time. It's time to surrender it, right? Um, we, we really have to have that conversation with ourselves. Otherwise, we're going to continue to allow the unconscious to rule uh, our behavior. But and we can't hold judgment for it. We can't hold judgment for it because we have to recognize it was doing so as a way to try and protect ourselves, as a way to... Uh, avoid further pain and suffering and often uh, when something is past I guess you could say it's expiration date where it's not serving us anymore because uh, you could you could say it served you for a time to help you get through what you did but at a certain point it needs to be looked at and it needs to be acknowledged and you need to choose to work through it um you know, I, that's how I'm viewing my own shadow work, my own self-discovery. I have things about myself I still don't fully understand. I don't know if I'll ever fully understand. But I don't think I need to. I don't think I need to. I've come to the point 
where I look at myself and I know I'm not, I, I, I'm complete because I recognize I'm also paradoxically uh, incomplete and that I have faults and that I have shortcomings. And I don't need to heal all of those by tomorrow in order to be some sort of, I don't know, insert identity, insert whatever, you know, whatever the goal is, right? I don't need to do that necessarily. That doesn't determine who I am. And, you know, one of the things I've looked at, it's that idea of death. It's that idea of, I was talking about, I joked about baptism by fire earlier, stepping directly into the flames. The story of the phoenix is it burns to an ash, but from the flames emerges as this beautiful bird and rises, right? I mean, you could argue that's the story of the Christ. It's the story of resurrection, rebirth. Um, It feels like the last few months I've been in my own funeral (laughs) in a lot of ways, and I've attended it. I've mourned. Shit, there we go. Go Rest in peace to the old version of self that needed to be surrendered. Um, And now it's stepping into something new. Stepping into a new part and new exploration. And you really have to take the fool's approach because you don't know where you're going. You don't, a lot of this is unfamiliar. You know, when you continue to uh, attempt to see the world with a clear lens and you block the illusions or you start to wipe them away, and you start to really uh, just be honest with yourself in the purest sense, deeper on deeper levels, you're going to start seeing the world a bit different. Things are not, you know, you're not going to have your, you're going to have the temptation to view it in the way you used to, but when you have that commitment to deeper exploration and to deeper truth, you really do start to question everything. You really do start to see patterns. You start to see uh, intricacies of the world. You start to really connect all the dots in a lot of ways. Um, but that's going to leave you with more questions than it is answers. And so you really have to take this beginner's mind um, and just take it all as a teaching. That's what this life is. I'm here. To, we're here to learn. We're here to explore. We're here to grow. We're here to heal. We're here to unpack all the things that are living within our subconscious we're here for that can you be here for that can you show up for yourself and i think it's a powerful question can you show up for yourself will you show up for yourself are you showing up for yourself i think in certain ways we do we have healthy habits we have things that we got to do for ourselves every day maybe it's meditating maybe it's working out whatever it may be getting outside we have our daily practices where we do show up for ourselves, right? But in the same breath, what are the shadow aspects where we're not showing up for ourselves? What are the things that we are letting live uh, and operate the subconscious, that 90% of behavior? Where? Where is it? What's up, Hillary? I'm doing well. Been a long time. Had a lot of Costa, people, Costa Rica people come in here today. That's fantastic. Um, but we really need to be honest about how it is we're showing up for ourselves. You know, I've I've been through walking through flames, it feels like, the last several months. And, and in certain aspects, the last several years, as I've gone through my own uh, just self commitment to self-understanding. Uh, but what I've learned is that when you allow 
the parts of who you think you are to burn away and only to be replaced by something that is more, more pure, like the phoenix rising from the ashes, if you will. And you are operating from a deeper space of truth. Maybe you're not fully healed. You're not fully complete, whatever it may be. You know, you still got more work to do, whatever it is. You know, I never, I, I can acknowledge that I continually am on this healing path. And there's a lot of things for myself that I'm still in the early stages of. That I'm still, like, still hurt. That still, you know, it's the pain. It, not, it doesn't always, like, go away. You know, it's like, can we love through the pain regardless of its presence? Right? I think that's the question. The question. That's it right there. Can you love through the pain even if it's still if it's still there, even if it's still fresh? Can you choose to operate from a space of love and compassion? To be compassionate is to be with suffering. And I think we do our best in this. I don't think we always do it right we don't always know how to uh, but i think the intention is what we need to continually hone in on and through the intention we're able to discover ways um, in which in which we make that a reality you know because it's not easy it's not easy shit life is hard <laughs> they tell you life is hard when you're a kid but you're still in like that magical like kind of almost creative realm until they beat it out of you um but you know i th that's what we're here for that's what we signed up for i believe and it's been sort of my journey to really explore uh, loving through pain not letting pain be the dominant teacher not letting pain be the the dominant force i think for a lot of my life it has been um, but I but I can recognize that and I can acknowledge that and see it in certain patterns, see it in certain ideas and the ways that I used to conduct myself and in ways that I still, uh, you know, I would like to improve in. Uh, we're not per nobody's perfect, but um, there's almost a mindset shift that you can really make an intention and not let love be the teacher, despite any hardship that may be present. Let love be the teacher. And if you can let love be the teacher, well, then that's going to really, um, I would say, uproot your foundation, especially if it's a foundation that's built in pain or built in trauma. Like a lot like a lot of areas of my life were, you know? And, and in some ways, I'm still uprooting a lot of that. And, you know, you dig beneath the surface, you keep going, you keep looking at it. Um, but at some point, like I said, Healing does become healed in certain areas, and it will. Um, but it's important to recognize healing is an ongoing process too. So it's paradoxical in its nature to really engage in this path, but I think it's important to acknowledge all aspects and really open our hearts to that deeper level of truth. Um, you know, because ultimately for me, I, I, I try and live with life as the beloved like you play the role of the lover and what is the mission of the lover it's to engage in that sacred dance that sacred intertwining with the beloved loving and beloved come together and they form unity and union that's the whole idea behind concepts like marriage right you have uh, divine masculine divine feminine the sacred integration and return to source through uh, oneness through unity 
And so, um, you know, I think that's the approach I've been trying to take with life. It's, it's to embrace in that dance of the divine. And, you know, despite the pain that might come from love, when you ask what would love do now, and well, maybe it tells you to have a firmer boundary or to end something in a loving way or just to be honest when that truth hurts, um, you know, can you still trust love then? Even if it feels like it's hurting you, can we see and have gratitude for the necessary suffering? And I think that's the million dollar question. And how do we have gratitude when we are amongst that suffering, when we are walking among the flames? What are the ways in which we can come back to love and what are the ways uh, in which we can truly uh, lock hands with its presence and let it guide us. You know, I don't. We're not always going to know the way forward. There are going to be those moments where there's only that small bit of light that we can that we can perceive and see. And in those moments, can we trust to move towards that light? Just a glimmer of hope up in the stars. Can you feel it? Can you express it and? Uh, use it as the only source of motivation that you need, as the only purpose and meaning to know and trust in its direction. And it's not something that can always be rationalized, quantified, uh, be put in the confinements that were in structures that we're so used to. So what would love do now? <laughs> What would love do now? A question I've been asking myself for probably seven or eight months on end. What would love do now? I probably, I feel like I ask myself that at least once a day, multiple times a day in continuing to bring it in awareness. Cause I, and I don't always know, I don't always know. I can't always rationalize it, but I can at least feel it and attempt to use that feeling to drive action. And so I think it's a, a takeaway that we can have. What would love do now? Especially in the midst of our suffering. And I think maybe the answer is to find gratitude, to find the beauty, to find the reverence. You know, even in the, as I was talking about at the very beginning of this, you know, when you're watching that storm, can you watch the storm instead of be within the storm, right? And let the storm uh, dictate you. What's up, Emma? Hope you're, hope you're killing it. Um, you know, can, can we embrace the storm's presence instead of thinking we need to escape it and run away? Because we can't run away. Escape, escape is an illusion. Um, and I think the thing we run away from most is death. And, you know, death, we have to recognize, is illusionary in its own right. It's not the finality um, I've experienced death firsthand. I was, uh, as my father passed away, I was there holding his hand and I saw that transition. I was there. I felt it. I experienced it. And there's a moment where you almost exit out of time and you're in this space of pure love with another being who is going through this transformational process. And it's something you can't rationalize always. 
Like you don't, you, there, there's no way for me to put it into words that truly encapsulates that uh, experience. So, you know, you have to, you have to trust in the knowing that there is something far greater far more and you know it's not something that we can always rationalize but we can express it through creativity through our imagination and ultimately through living a life that is driven uh by the trust in in our action you know and and letting love and this bigger picture uh be the driving force of our action you know we are supported if we choose to open ourselves up to that support is what I will say. We're supported as much as we allow ourselves to be supported. We're as happy as we allow ourselves to be happy. We have purpose as much as we allow ourselves to perceive a deeper purpose and a deeper meaning. So we just have to really, really acknowledge the role we have as divine beings, divine creators, and really flow with this process. So, um, yeah, wow, I just really unpacked a lot in this Instagram live. Like, I feel like I've just been going nonstop. I have, I have like, no breaks. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm doing an Instagram live, you know, I got all these questions and it's sort of more like conversational. This is just like, boom, straight monologue. <laughs> just straight out, clearly had something to say today. Um, clearly had something to say today. And I'm glad I can't, I could hop on here and people tune in as they did. Um, this is going to be up on, on a podcast, definitely. So if you didn't catch the full thing, head on over. You can head over to the Fifth Dimension. Um, I don't really have too much else to say. Honestly, I feel like I'm actually kind of tired. I'm probably going to go to bed soon. Um, I'm probably going to go to bed real soon. Um, but yeah, yeah, that you know, I think it's about coming back to love. It's about coming back to uh, gratitude in the midst of feeling as if the walls are closing in you know can we still sit in the stillness when the walls are collapsing and there we know there's no escape can we allow ourselves to be burned and reemerge as the phoenix and fly into a flight of liberation because that's what's meant for us that's what's meant for us that's what we're meant to do it's what we're meant to experience and uh, oftentimes it's just ourselves holding ourselves back. As hard as that may be to acknowledge and accept, it tends to be the truth. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank y'all for tuning in. Um, I'll put this up as a podcast. Y'all can check it out, Fit Dimension. Links in my uh, bio if you go in there somewhere. I don't know. I got a whole bunch of links in there. Um, subscribe to everything, Substack podcast i don't know instagram whatever or don't to be honest it don't really matter uh, <laughs> it don't matter um do what you do i'll do what i do and you know we'll just keep loving and flowing and uh trusting in the path ahead so uh, hopefully uh well i know i'll definitely be doing more instagram lives as time comes on and we can put them up as podcasts too uh it's a space i used to frequent quite often i haven't been doing it as much uh, it's just haven't, I haven't made the time for it. I haven't built a priority to go on Instagram live. Uh, but I'm definitely glad I did today. And, uh, I hope y'all have a wonderful evening. I want to thank you for being here. I'm sending y'all a lot of love, especially if you're going through suffering. I think we all go through our bouts of suffering, uh, existential, uh, the existential crisis. 
uh, that can be within and whether we want to acknowledge it or not sometimes uh, we just need to give ourselves a little bit more love a little bit more gratitude for who we are in our own being and feel within our own heart that we are worthy we are divine we are sacred and we are love in the purest form because we express love and I, all of our actions can be rooted from a space of love when we choose to make that a priority when we remember who we are when we remember who we are we act from a space of love so who are you i'll leave you with that